0: Welcome to the
1: Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today, and we are going to continue to talk about spiritual healing. We've been talking about that for the last several weeks, and uh, I think we're going to kind of wrap up some of that today, and at least for this, this segment of going through it, I know we've wanted to do a little bit deeper dive than we typically do in each one of those segments, and so far, guys, some of the things we talked about, just, I know I didn't ask you before the show, but what's some of the things we've talked about over the last
0: several weeks? Agreements. We agreements. We talked about agreements. We talked about vows. We did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vow you got anything? Anything? Agreements and vows and bitter roots and um, just all around being in a bad mood.
1: And lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Oh my, yeah. We have talked about all those things and we've talked about just some different aspects of that and what it really looks like to move towards that healing that God has for you. One of the topics we touched on in one of the segments was... Bitterroot judgments, and we're going to spend the show on that today, trying to really understand more of what that is and how that can really unfold in your life, and how it probably has already unfolded in your life. And I'm going to turn that over to Robbie a little bit to talk a little bit more about that, if you would, Robbie.
0: Yeah, last week we we talked a lot about bitterroot expectancies, where you know, based on a root that we're eating from, you know, we have a chance to to eat from Jesus, essentially abiding in Him and the you know bearing good fruit, or you can for lack of a better way to look at it suck on a bitter root and that root could come in the way of expectancies expecting things to happen but often it's, it's, it's actually planted through a bitter root judgment where in the, in the Bible it's pretty clear where you sow you're going to reap so if you sow a judgment you, you know you've now thrown this <laughs> judgment into the ground you're going to reap lots and lots of judgment so as you judge others, such you will be judged. Well, as a child, we often don't understand that at all. And we see something that we clearly know is wrong or bad behavior and all these things. And so we judge. And when we do, we don't realize we're giving Satan a foothold to begin this process. Now, what that looks like in a lot of folks' life when you when you see it out there, it, the Pharisees had it in spades, so to speak. You know, they... Had, we're placing judgment on everybody. You're, ju- you know, you're not keeping the Sabbath. You're not doing that. So when you look at somebody who's fallen into legalism, clearly they have a very bitter root that it is that they are eating from. And um, there was a wonderful clip that you know Victor Hugo was an absolute genius who wrote *Le Miserable. and he he shows grace in just an amazing way. If if you've seen the movie with the candlesticks and and what happens with Jean Valjean, but he also shows. This idea of judgment and and the bitter root in the the policeman that is always after Jean Valjean in the movie, which I won't attempt his name other than it's like Javier. (laughs) Javier. It's a j a -A v r t kind of guy. The V has a B. Jaber. Jaber. Thank you. Yeah, he's the guy. But anyway, the poor guy is a legalist. And he is by the book, by the letter, all the way through, and now he's got a really big struggle because... Essentially, Jean Valjean had a chance to, you know, they obviously were arch enemies throughout. Then he had a chance to kill him, but he chose not to. And now, have whatever his name is, does not know yeah, how, <laughs> that guy? He doesn't know how to deal with this. And so, the resulting conversation now that, that Jean Valjean's actually been captured, everybody understands what really is going on in his life. And how does this man deal with grace? Fra- straight up.
1: Yeah just so i understand in this you've got jean valjean who's been caught and the the place where this police officer finds himself is this guy's given me grace and i owe him something right i I
0: owe him my life
1: and but yet i have the law that i've sworn and lived by my whole life
0: and i have to keep the law let's listen to how it plays out yeah bring him here
2: That is an important memo for the prefect We'll explain what I've done with the prisoner Make sure he sees it before breakfast Sir I'm glad I had time to myself I needed to think About what you deserve You're a difficult problem Move to the edge Why aren't you taking me in? You're my prisoner, do what I tell you You don't understand the importance of the law. I've given you an order.
3: Obey it. Why didn't you kill me?
2: I don't have the right to kill you. But you hate me. I don't hate you. I don't feel anything. You don't want to go back to the quarries, do you? For once, we agree. I'm going to spare you from a life in prison, Jean Valjean. It's a pity the rules don't allow me to be merciful.
0: That splash, Sam is is Javier, or whatever his name is. He, he, Yeah, him. He commits suicide. Yes. He locks his own arms in the chains and dives in the river because he does not know how to resolve this legal issue. He doesn't understand grace, and he is now reaping what it is that he has been sowing throughout the movie or is throughout mm-hmm. the plot. And we... <laughs> find ourselves that in very practical ways all our lives, reaping our own judgment um, because that which you sow, you will reap and the more that you sow that, certain judgments become bitter roots and so they leave you in this place where rather than being able to accept grace, feel grace, abiding in Christ, we now are getting our nourishment from this judgment that we feel and sometimes that comes out in bigotry, sometimes it comes out like Vinnie, when you grew up, was there a little Irish issue up there?
2: Well, you put me on the spot all the time, Robbie, but I mean, uh, yeah, but you got to realize it's the 30s. And uh, I was just thinking, I don't know if this is going to get, well, I'll say it. Uh, Watching older people, neighbors and everything else, the man had the rule over his wife. And we as children their children we just accepted it we accepted hitting our mothers uh you know just left it alone uh we weren't supposed to interfere and it's just like the little clip that we heard uh the rules what was what is it that he said the rules don't allow me to kill you Well, whose rules? You know, man-made rules. Uh, I couldn't do anything about my father hitting my mother. Uh, I didn't think nothing of it because my friend's father hit his mother. Uh, And that's the way it really was. And there was that, you know, as Robbie said, the Irish and the Italian, That was in the 20s, you know, 20s and 30s. There was a, I don't want to call it a race war, but we just didn't, they stayed where uh, their blocks and we stayed in our blocks, you know, and just didn't interfere because that was the rule. And if you got caught breaking the rule, there was punishment as what's his name jabea found out i'll let you say it (laughs) that's it jabea
1: benny was there Mm -hmm. situationally there you know there was just a lot of stereotyping of because i think you told us before that you know a lot of the police officers of the day were irish all irish and they would come down into the italian
2: neighborhoods and stick it to us as we called it You know, just going to the vegetable and picking up apples and peaches. Some of them would put it in bags and take it home and give it to the owner of the store, you know, a look, what are you gonna do about it, you know? Well, sometimes the owner did something about it. Uh, Maybe not him personally, but he had somebody do something about it. And little by little, actually that all stopped, believe it or not, when the Second World War started, uh, I'm telling a whole history story here, but it, it's connected. And young boys went to fight the war, 18-year-olds come home. They didn't go home to their moms and dads, but they got married, Italian mm-hmm. married, Irish, Polish, uh, you know, everybody intermarried, and that's when it really stopped. Yeah. You know, that's when it really stopped Uh the abuse of one race against another.
1: Let me ask you a question: Having not obviously been from that that era or time frame, you know, you had a perception of the Irish because of what you seen from the police officers right. and what you heard, right? And so you, in turn, kind of judged them based upon some things, right? What would have happened if you would have wandered up into their area on your own, or just not maybe you, but just your basic Italian kid? Yeah. What would have happened to that person?
2: just beat the heck out of me, right. you know. For no reason they knew didn't belong in that neighborhood. They would just beat the heck out of me. Now, if you were grown up, you know, you were 18, 17 or something like that, there was a movie, I forgot what movie it was, where an Italian guy falls in love with a black girl. Uh, wow. Yeah, same and thing. He right? has to go into that is. neighborhood.
0: When I went to Denmark, you know, there was all these fences everywhere. And I said, what's up with all the fences? And they said, well, we got to keep the Swedes out. Yeah. You know? And so wherever you go, people make judgments (laughs) they decide that something's a way. And and now we're going to sow these seeds. And in doing so, we're giving Satan a foothold. The challenge is that a lot of them came to us culturally and things we didn't see. Now, how do we get in there and ask God to show us our prejudices and our places that we have these judgments that we have sown seeds that we're going to reap? So when we come back,
1: and it might not be just about another culture. It may be about your own family. <laughs> so when we come back and we're going to talk more about mm-hmm. that and see how can we break those judgments and get freedom through Christ. Join you in a minute.
0: so exciting sam we've got a men's night coming up for and journey radio both august 9th and the 30th
1: we do and it's at the kernersville community house and you can look that up online for directions or go to masculinejourneyradio.org to get directions but it's going to be a night where we actually record the show from there you get to see some of the pre-show some of the post show and really have some fellowship along with us
0: come join the band of brothers and it's free august 9th and the 30th 7 30 to 9 o'clock at the kernersville community house there you go in kernersville Masculine Journey Radio
1: is listener-supported, and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org.
3: Stars from a witness. In the morning I go down in the sun color. I take a drink from the bitter root river. I take a
0: drink from the Bitteroot River. I take a drink from the Bitterroot River.
1: Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking about the topic of bitter root. Not expectancy, we talked about that last week, but judgment or, and sometimes people struggle with that that concept a little bit, but Robbie, in the first segment you're talking about, some of that concept is really just bitter root planting of seeds or planting of things you're going to harvest later. You know, and so maybe that helps you see it a little differently that, you know, I sowed some things or I bought into some things or believe some things that later I paid a price for lack of a better term for.
0: And, and often, like you said you know, coming out of the last segment, they come out of our family. Mm-hmm. And whether we realize it or not, we pick up bitter roots that have been in our generations. Like what Vinny's describing, you know, the, the people in Sicily, you know, where his family was from, they had a, a real problem with foreigners coming in and, and, you know, taking their women and all sorts of things. And so there were bitter roots judgments that were planted and and they you know clear through to today actually we're still you know reaping these things and it's it's an interesting type of spiritual healing that's kind of stands out there to ask god where have i got these and some of them being generational but there's a really wonderful clip that we play from what's the name of the movie al not easily broken not easily broken and uh you're you're welcome you, you know here we have a lady whose husband um, and her got into, you know, she had her mother living with her. Who obviously, when you listen to the mother, you will hear the bitter root. And, you, and when you hear it, it, you'll say, wow, that's somebody that's bitter. And then you can tell that they're, they've been, you know, drinking from the bitter root river. And, and that is passed on to the girl to the point where she's kicked her husband out of the house. And now she's trying to figure out a way to break this, this generational curse that she's under and, and ask Jesus into the situation. So here you go.
3: You want to know? Yes.
0: (laughs) Your daddy was
3: rotten. You're too young to understand what was going on in that house, Clarice. He was a nasty... Mama. Don't mama me. He hit me in my face. Now you listen to me real good. When they stay and they done already left, they get mean. I hated your daddy. Mom. No, I hate him. I hated him. You were right to throw Dave out of here before he hits you. No. <laughs> no, Dave, is not like that. And that wasn't the way to handle that. I shouldn't have listened to you. I shouldn't have listened to you. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not. Black women have to be strong, and you know that. I don't know what kind of pain you were holding on to in your heart, Mama, but you need to let it go. You need to just let it go. And in all your lessons about how I need to be strong and proud and independent, Mama, you left out some very important things. What? How to love, Mama. How to really care about somebody. How to forgive. I cared about you. I loved you. Best I could. I gave you everything in me that he didn't take. And he took everything. Can't you see that? I know you did, Mom. And if that ain't good enough for you, then I'm sorry for you. Mom. I'm so sorry for you. I didn't mean to come out here and disrespect you. I I really did. But it's time for me to grow up and I'm gonna have to ask you to leave my house. Cause I want my husband, I want my husband back. And I wanna fight for my marriage because mama, I don't wanna end up like you. I'm going to pray for you, Mom. I love you so
1: much. Robbie, I wanted to ask about something. I know that I've been asked a couple times on this. You know, how does judging others, I know the Bible tells me not to judge others, but how does that really give Satan a, a foothold into my life. And, and one of the things I was listening to today that just kind of touched on, I want to ask you if, if you'd agree with this, that the things that give the, the enemy, the foothold in our life are lack of repentance, lack of confession, and lack of forgiving. And so when we make that judgment, we are stepping in and judging and not forgiving or showing grace to this person, which allows the enemy to have access and, and Free gain to things in our life. Would that? Would you agree with that?
0: Oh, har- oh, hardly. In fact, today I had a revelation along those lines myself, and in fact, it it almost scares me when I started to think about it that Jesus Himself, as He is being crucified, says, "Father, forgive them." And I, I've always seen that He was doing that, and obviously, all these people came to Christ as a result of the prayer but I never thought about that prayer being for Jesus himself so he could let go of his bitter root so that he could be in that place where he needed to be without sin. You know, that thought it's just, you know, I don't even know where I find myself there theological, but there's no doubt that as I process that he was in fact, giving me a picture of, I know this person has hurt me. And that lady, she had every right to be mad at that guy hit her in the face. But somehow or another, she's got to share that with God and say, dad, do you see what happened to me? But I got to give that to you for, you know, I forgive him because he didn't know what he was doing. He was duped by Satan too. And how many things have I done that I've been duped by Satan that I know that clearly everybody gets duped by Satan and, and that's where they find themselves. And to be able to offer that up to God and to get forgiveness is a big part of how you know, but unfortunately, these things, some of them go so deep, it takes a serious amount of work yeah. to, to get to them.
1: Yeah, it becomes a real stronghold in your life because it's been there for so long. And part of that judging of others, I mean, it's founded in things that make sense. You know, and he shouldn't have hit her, right? right? Or this shouldn't have happened or it shouldn't be this way. And so it's hard to take that and not agree with that statement. But yet, you need to understand and try to have grace the person at some point now, not the person that's abusing you. I'm not saying that, but for any victim somewhere along the line for them to get true healing, they have to forgive the person that did that to them. And it's uh, not to uh, forgive that person. It's to let that go in
0: their heart. Yeah. And there's such a line between trust and grace. It's one thing to have grace for somebody, but that doesn't mean you stand there when they're drunk and let them hit you, right? right? That it doesn't mean you have to trust them, but that grace position. And then there's this whole issue of repentance. Is that person repenting in order to get forgiveness? And and there's all that stuff that goes into that too. But at first, what Jesus and both Stephen pictured before anybody did any repenting or anything else, they both took it up to their father, which is all we can do because we're kind of helpless here is to say, dad, did you see this? They didn't know what they were doing. I see that. Can you take this and, and can you forgive them? Wow. To offer that for the person that's injuring you is a picture that I, you know, it's really hard to grasp, but that's what Javier needed. Mm -hmm. Jean Valjean in that moment, he was shocked by what happened, but you know, it's just, it's just a picture of life.
1: And he didn't have any capacity to even accept that grace.
0: And a neat picture I read about this morning and I'd never heard this, but Vinny's going to like this. Um, uh, the, man who Michelangelo was that r- r- painted the last supper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He'd had in a horrible argument with some one, you know, other artist and apparently it was just so bitter and so that he was starting the picture of the last supper. And so what he did to show revenge on this guy for eternity was he painted Judas, Judas with this guy's face. <laughs> He painted his face on Judas, and he's, you know, and everybody sees it. And he faint, he painted Judas's face before he painted anybody else's face, and everybody could see what he'd done. But then he went to paint Jesus' face, and he couldn't paint it, and he couldn't paint it, and he couldn't paint it, couldn't paint it. until finally he had to get with God and and get forgiveness. He scratched out what he had had on Judas's face, and the painting blanked it off, and then he was able to paint Jesus because. When you're holding on to that bitter root, there's no way you can also be seeing the face of Jesus. That's a neat picture.
1: It is. It is. So you'd ask us earlier for examples in our life um, before the show of bitter roots that come back. And the one I'd shared before was you know, my dad, when I was a young teenager, I discovered he had a, a problem with pornography. And the, the anger, the embarrassment, the... Um, uh, lack of respect that I felt for him was just overwhelming, um, was overwhelming. Well, later on, I mean, I judged him very clearly on, you know, this is wrong. And, and there's no doubt that those things are wrong. I'm not saying that, but it was how I looked at him and how I viewed him that was the issue, not not looking at the issue as the problem, looking at him as a problem. And, and later on, when I battled those same struggles, not only did I have the struggle of trying to get through that, but also all the shame and contempt and all that that I'd laid on him came right back to me, you know, that I'd laid that groundwork and I was getting that fruit of that feeling, you know, he may never felt it from me, but boy, I sure felt it coming back at me. And I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, it's something that I know that I laid some groundwork that later on, I really felt the brunt of. And the only way to hopefully break that for my boys or or any of my kids is to, to break that once and for all for me. And So hopefully that doesn't get passed on as a, a better of route through them
0: and I had exactly well not the exact experience, but with my father and money, yeah, and him not paying me to what I expected, but then guess what I turned around <laughs> you know, later on, and my kids are like, "Why are you paying well, you don't you know and and I found myself exactly in that same spot, but then looking back and like, "Oh my word, I turned in my father, and then it just like double torture because you by the the measure you measured it with, that's why you're getting measured, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a bitter root, and it and it does not feel good. But there is healing available when we get a good look at Jesus. So how do we how do we go about
1: getting that healing, Robbie? How do we get that healing from that bitter root agreement?
0: That bitter root. Um, it's listening prayer, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And and so many of these is Lord show me where it is I'm struggling. Why is it I'm so angry? Why you know time to look under the hood kind of questions and find out why I'm acting in ways that obviously I'm sucking on a bitter root.
1: Absolutely. So taking it to the Father and saying, Father, help me. Jesus, lead me. Holy Spirit, give me the truth here. And not only just for understanding, but for healing. I want to remind you that you can come out and be with us on August 9th at the Kernersville Community Center. We're going to be doing the show live from there. It's Men's Night in Kernersville. You can go to our website, maskingjourneyradio.org for more. See you next week.